Hello and welcome to In The Mix, the Great British Bake Off podcast. We're back for our third week and it's all about bread. Hey JP, you're here to talk bread with me as well. I am indeed and it's bread week. I love this week. It seems early this year though. I think it is like a week earlier or something than usual. Um, But yeah, it is such a good week because the tent just becomes terrified because of Paul Hollywood. Um, But what I thought, this bread week that stood out from the rest is that it kind of seemed orchestrated in favour of one of the contestants only. I don't know if they did that on purpose, but we had a very Italian week. We did. That's one of the first things I wrote down. We've got two Italian bread tasks in one week. And last week, when we saw the preview, there was sort of the sort of cheese and olive combination going on for the the uh, the technical and we didn't really know what it was so when they announced that it was ciabatta i was like seriously someone behind the scenes has seen jürgen get starbaker twice and now we're just trying to give anybody else a go i know i was really surprised when it actually came up as ciabatta i was like really another <laughs> yeah. one and another italian bread okay we've had olives to start with and olives in the middle and i hate olives so i wasn't i Me wasn't too. sat there mouth watering you know as usual <laughs> So I know, unfair. just saw the olives and was like, nah, nah, none of this, please. None of this. So the first bake that they had to do in the signature challenge this week was to make a focaccia, which is how I say it. Everyone else seemed to say focaccia or something. It was very like focaccia. No. Maybe that's how you meant to say it. But the way that Noel and Matt were saying it was doing my head in a little bit. Um, but it's it was focaccia. focaccia. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Focaccia. Surely. I know. Um, and then Noel really didn't sound like he knew what he was talking about with the focaccia, focaccia. Oh, that's the same thing. Good. Um, but he said ha- it needs to have an open, irregular crumb structure and a crispy crust. I understand what a crispy crust is, but an open, irregular crumb structure. Did they just need to fill time? I feel what we needed at that moment was Jürgen to come and explain that scientifically <laughs> to all of us. Yes. Um, so we knew what it was. I sort of, so I have made focaccia before, ironically, Ooh, actually, um, with, with radio work. So yeah, so a few years ago, I went to um, go and interview some people at Epsom Bakehouse and we made a focaccia bread. And it was, well, I say we made, she bought, basically bought it and I put some half of cherry tomatoes on top to decorate it. That was about all I did. Nice. But um, yeah, you know, it's the TV magic. But um but yeah, no, focaccia, it's, um, I mean, it's, it's quite easy to make, which is why I thought it was quite an interesting task for Bake Off. But I suppose it's it's difficult to make well. Um, and when you um, cut into a focaccia, it's it's sort of got that uneven, you've got, sort of got some bigger bubbles and some yeah. smaller ones. It's not like your loaf of hovis that's going to be sort of like the same um, texture all the way through. So I, I thought that's where they were coming from in that one. But um, yeah, I wasn't 100% sure. Yeah. But I, I love focaccia and I thought, you know what, this is going to be a good challenge. Oh, it's excellent. Focaccia is really, really good. And I imagine just like the serene malt loaf and the jammy dodgers <laughs> from last week or sandwich jammy biscuits, um, focaccia yes. is going to be going off the shelves in supermarkets and bakeries and everything around the country probably today. Um, <laughs> They've gone. Yeah, I, I know I might I might have to go and buy some focaccia just as, on my daily scout out to see whether the petrol station is a full or queuing <laughs> and uh, it's it's never never full the shopping the shopping list is now fuel and focaccia that's yeah. that's the list <laughs> yeah 2021 for you there um <laughs> so yeah the open regular crumb structure interesting you're definitely right that's what they meant but I feel like they could have made it a bit more accessible something about yeah. you know have, uneven holes in there you know that's just easier um, there's a better way to describe it or to show us as well i suppose yeah. when we have the technical they have one out and they sort of you know cross section and show us but they didn't for the signature which i thought was a bit weird 
That is a bit weird. And I felt like Noel mm. and Matt really didn't get it either, <laughs> but they just said it anyway. Um, yeah. We'll talk a little bit more about Noel and Matt a bit later on because they were getting quite a bashing on Twitter this week for just not being as amusing as they possibly could be. And there were calls for mm. Mel and Sue again. Um, but let's get into the focaccias. Now, um, you said you've baked one before. You've put cherry tomatoes in it. I think tomatoes are quite a standard ingredient. Olives as well, even though I don't like them. Um, rosemary <laughs> or basil. Um, and we had quite a few. And one of the things that I thought was quite weird is everyone seemed to just be cramming so many different types of uh, flavors yeah. and things into their focaccia. It just seemed like some people went a bit overboard. I think yeah. um, Amanda, for example, she wanted to create a, a meze style focaccia. She went with feta, garlic, red pepper, olives, everything <laughs> in there, stuffing it all in. Um, and Rashika as well. She did garlic, cherry tomatoes, feta, honey, spring onions, red onions and black pepper. That's, that's loads. There's probably a limit, don't you think, to how much stuff should be going in there? Yeah, I completely agree. And, and the thing is with Bake Off is that you get this year on year with things like the Signature Bake. Yeah, you want to make something that's great, but leave that sort of stuff to the showstopper. For the Signature, make something that tastes good, make something that's baked well. And we saw that with some of them, you know. Um, to be fair, Maggie went with quite a classic one and she stuck with a, only a few flavours, but she didn't push anything in. So as soon as Paul picked up the focaccia, it just all <laughs> fell off. It was like, oh, great, lovely. Um, whereas some of the other ones, I mean, um, Jürgen and uh, somebody else who, it didn't really taste great. They went with different flavours. I mean, Jürgen went with kippers and peppers, I think it was. And it was just uh, like, why, why would you do that? And I thought also with Amanda what Paul said was interesting about the fact she went for the meze one, lots of different flavours. And I love the fact she went with the stripes. I think that looks really, really good. A bit like Shika and the, the sort of flower scene. But Paul was right in the fact that with a focaccia, if you are going to have five flavours in it, you want five flavours in every single bite. Not, oh, I have a little bit of the pepper slice or, you know, a little bit of onion or whatever. You want a little bit of everything. Exactly. Um, yeah, there's a bit of, there was quite a bit of style over substance in this one, I thought. There was a bit, and that's where I thought Rashika sort of went wrong a bit in the signature challenge this week. I thought her style, her her design on her focaccia looked beautiful. Beautiful. It didn't, mm. as you say, stick to that sort of tradi traditional looking focaccia. Um, and that, that kind of let her down. But I, I thought it looked beautiful, better than some of the others. Um, yeah. I think before we talk about the uh, Italian god that is Giuseppe this week, <laughs> and we're going to have to talk about our star baker from the first two weeks and your personal favourite, Jürgen. Now, I did say yes. last week that Jürgen, he was doing so well, we were saying he might be on for a win <laughs> already. Um, but I did say maybe he's only good at biscuits and cakes, the sweet stuff. And mm. he seemed to be okay at baking bread, but some of his ideas and flavours were really wacky this week. As you say, yeah. he introduced uh, his focaccia, trying to do things a bit different, and said he was making a kipper catcher. Yes, <laughs> fish with peppers and boiled eggs. I'm sorry, but would you even try that? I mean, put, put an olive in it, and that's literally my idea of a worst nightmare, <laughs> that combination. Know. It's like it's a Bush disgusting. Tucker trial. <laughs> Wrong show, Jürgen. Yeah. Yeah. And I, again, I, I think that's one of the things that's great about the format is the fact that you're right. We have sort of biscuits, cakes, we have bread near the beginning because nobody is going to be outstanding at all of those. And it sort of made Jürgen human again. We looked, um, 
I think it was on last week's episode, someone who had managed to get two in a row previously the first two weeks. It's very rare to happen. No one's got three. And I suppose that's because actually at the beginning, you are going to do those different areas of baking. And yeah, I think when you look at them, and we've sort of spoken about the sort of competitiveness between Jürgen and Giuseppe, with Jürgen, as we go through the series, if we get pie week or pastry week, you know, is he going to find that difficult? In the If he gets to the final and they do an afternoon tea and he's got to make bread for sandwiches, is he going to mess that up? Um, all of a sudden, it sort of opened the competition out again. And they didn't need to do two Italian styles of bread for Giuseppe <laughs> to get that to happen. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was good that actually he not that he was knocked down a peg or two or anything like that because you know he's the most unassuming person in that tent this year bless him but it was good for him to um sort of be back in the the sort of middle so we don't have a foregone conclusion exactly i saw in a few of the um little interview bits you know when they do outside the tent you know how did it go he looked he looked kind of off his game he looked a bit like he did seem a bit proud that he had star baker for two weeks because he was you could see his confidence kind of go down this week when he was interviewed he was a bit like oh yeah it wasn't a very oh. great week for me but um maybe I won't win uh, um but no. what I thought was interesting and and slightly confusing is that Jürgen seems to think that uh, British cuisine as he puts it is kippers and that was the one thing when yeah. he started eating British food that he found that he loved and wanted to hold on to and pay homage to in the tent and I'm sorry but I can't get on board with our national food or cuisine being thought of as kippers and boiled no. eggs. Oh God, no. absolutely horrible! I'm like, where, where? Isn't it kedgeri or something that's yeah. kippers and like, why? That's not no, no. Might, might have been British in the 1870s or something ridiculous, but yeah, Possibly. that can disappear off the face of the earth, in my opinion. Exactly. When I was about 14, I used to work in a cafe on the seafront and they would do breakfast and there was all different types of breakfast. You'd have like fry up um, and everything. Oh, but it was really like... Was no, 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 not kedgeri. Oh, kedgeri. Okay. Not kedgeri. Oh, no. Um, there was all the standard stuff, you know, scrambled egg on toast things, sort of the, the classic things for the elderly people in the small sleepy town that I lived in. And uh, one of the things they would have on the menu is kippers. And I remember being a waiter with the other waiters as well. And anytime anyone ordered kippers, it was like, right, open the windows, open the door. Why have they ordered it? Try and put them off. And it, they, it just looked horrific. I've never thought, woken up in the morning and thought, you know what I'd like right now? Some fish. Mm, fish on toast lovely <laughs> why why yeah you're right actually i never thought of that i don't wake up at seven o'clock. even when i was in japan a couple of months ago and you eat sort of anything for breakfast over there i wouldn't have thought myself sushi for breakfast and i didn't see anybody else eating sushi for breakfast either so yeah fish for breakfast wherever you are in the world wrong Exactly. Uh, I've got a bit of a uh, bad habit that when I wake up in the morning, all I want to eat is sweet stuff. So I can't, you know, I'm not happy if I'm going to have eggs on toast. I need to have cocoa pops or <laughs> it's not gonna cut it. a bit of cake. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Which is fine <laughs> when bake cake off's for on. breakfast. Easy. Yeah. Fine. Christmas all year round is excellent. <laughs> oh God. Someone who was having their own version of Christmas in the tent this week. We're going to have to talk about him. Giuseppe, I don't know if he was just in luck Aww. because it was for Caccia and Ciabatta, but he did so well. And what was so lovely is when he was judged for his um, for Caccia, which was, let me have a look, uh, a breakfast, which was inspired by having breakfast with his grandmother in Italy. And the olives and olive oil were actually from his family in Italy that he included. And he had cherry tomatoes as well. Um, Paul gave him the first Hollywood handshake of the season. <laughs> 
we have the handshake. I know I sat there and I, I, I called it before the episode. I was like, if there is not a handshake, particularly for Giuseppe this yeah. week, there is an issue. And we always have a handshake on bread week because Paul, you know, likes to start dishing them out. But yeah, it was, it was nice that he was the only one to get one this week. And I love the story of that actually with the olives and the olive oil from his family. And um, yeah, it was just a really nice nod. It was lovely. And the, you could see how much it meant to uh, Giuseppe as well, because he got quite emotional. He had a few tears mm. after the handshake. And Paul even asked, you know, can I have this recipe? Which is a massive yeah. compliment. I know. Paul is all for the focaccia. He wants it now. Um, but yeah, no, so it, was, it was a lovely moment. And so it, it was emotional to see that. And I thought it was, uh, it's lovely. Giuseppe, we spoke about him in the first episode and last week as well. And it, he's just, he seems like a really, really nice guy. I love that. He's cooking with his kids. Um, he's been putting stuff on social media about, there was a picture of his three kids watching the episode of Bake Off. Um, and he was like, you know, little do they know I'm going to be star baker sort of thing. And it was like, it was, yeah, it was really sweet how he sort of includes his family in it and everything. Exactly. I, f- I feel like I definitely have a soft spot for Giuseppe because when we spoke yeah. in our first episode, I was like, I think he might be the winner. I don't know why, but mm. he's the person that I've picked. I feel like you are more Jürgen. So it's a battle between me and you <laughs> as well as Jürgen and Giuseppe. So we'll see how that goes. I love um, the competition. I know. It's so good. Um, one of the other people that I love, and you can tell that I love her because I talk about her every week now, um, is Lizzie. I have to talk about her again because she created uh, a black truffle f- uh, focaccia, which was amazing. And when asked why on earth she'd pick black truffle, is it because she loves it? She said, yeah, she likes it and she has it at Aintree. But um, she chose it because she didn't have to pay, which was yes. brilliant. I've got to admit, the first episode when I was watching, Lizzie was one of those that sort of fell under the radar a little bit for me. And then last week for uh, Biscuit Week, we had her Harry Potter in the practice tent admission. And this week, I just came in with this whole new view of her. And yeah, she she was very funny with that. It was great. It's like, well, I'm not paying for it. So yeah, you're only going to do Bake Off once. You got to make the most of it. Exactly. Blow the budget. Do it. Get your black truffle if that's what you want. Sod it. Do it. Um, so I thought the signature challenge with the focaccia was really good this week. And you're right, I was surprised that there was another Italian bread with the olive and cheese ciabatta breadsticks for the technical challenge. And what was weird about this is we've had uh, weeks where they've had to create their own butter as well to go along with their uh, bakes. But they, they got them to make a dip with their breadsticks. Yeah. <laughs> Tzatziki. Tzatziki. Which is hard enough to say in itself. And that was great as well. It was another moment where Noel and Matt, I'm not quite sure actually knew how to pronounce it or say things or remember that as they were going through. But it was it was a weird technical. And there was almost that thing as well at the beginning of like, right, breadsticks. Now, if you're not watching the episode and you're just listening to it, is it the sort of dry breadsticks that you get in a cardboard box? I know. In a local supermarket? Like, what do you mean by breadstick? It wasn't really a, a traditional British breadstick it was more like an Italian or an American breadstick which yeah probably confused people a little bit exactly I would never I I can't think of any reason that I would buy those in the box British breadsticks (laughs) or whatever I've never thought oh I've got a nice dip what shall I put in it oh I'll go buy those breadsticks I'd rather put my finger in the dip than one of those breadsticks (laughs) to be fair I can see that one. Maybe if we need to keep panic buying, maybe if all the bread's gone, maybe if there is a, you know, a massive surplus of tzatziki, we can buy breadsticks. It's fine. But yeah, until then, not a big fan. I know. Uh, 
Tsatsiki is one of those things that uh, I definitely <laughs> think every member in my family says it differently. You know, you've got yeah. Tzatziki, Tsatsiki, or just Tsatsiki without the T. I don't know. <laughs> listeners, you can, you can tell us, listeners, in the comments, because everyone on Bake Off was saying it completely differently anyway. Um, but again, with that, what on earth was the point? They, okay, they dipped the breadsticks, but did we hear in the judging anything about the tzatziki? No, we heard nothing. No. What's the point? No. Exactly. At one point he was like, oh, that's a nice dip. And it's, um, but the weird thing with that is tzatziki is Greek, I think. So we've got Italian bread with the ciabatta. We've got the cheese and olives, which is sort of a Greek flavor combination. And then a Greek dip to go with it i was like is this trying to slightly hide the fact that giuseppe has got a one-up on everybody else for the second challenge in a row or um obviously with a couple of greek cypriots in the tent this year was that a bit of a nod to them maybe i don't know exactly it seemed to work out like that didn't it you know yeah kind of tailoring the bakes and we've said this the last two weeks how much is the bake-off and the challenges and things that they're doing based on the characters and the people that we've got in the tent and i really Mm. I, i mean it really seems to be like that this week this week or this season maybe because we're talking about it in detail we're a bit cynical and it looks like it but come on maybe. I, you know there were there were two quite similar <laughs> challenges um yeah. someone who did um talk a lot about uh sort of the the greek cypriot side of things and saying oh you know don't worry about giuseppe we have these in cyprus and stuff too is george um and george was quite funny in this episode he didn't have an excellent uh, time with the focaccia he had to make his <laughs> dough twice uh, i'm just trying to remember um him in the technical whether he was i think he was one at the beginning when they sort of lifted it up and said oh this breadstick looks a bit like a snake because it was kind of <laughs> moving around and not very cooked um yeah. that seemed to be the issue really with the technical the breadstick some people did all right but it was quite dense and others this week they were severely underbaked and we had christelle and rashika and Prue, I don't know if you noticed this, but Paul, as we say, Lord of the Loaf, Mm. as they called him, King of Bread, as we've called him, he goes around the tent, is like the man this week. Oh, yeah. But Prue, Mm -hmm. she seemed to be a bit like nuts. I'm going to be honest, she seemed to be a bit sort of... Had she had a tipple in the like green room? Because some of the stuff she was doing Maybe. was so funny. And she made a what? joke about how uh, the breadsticks looked as if the oven hadn't even been turned on, which I thought was quite, uh, you know, a different thing for Prue to say. It was quite harsh, but they had a bit of a giggle. Did you notice yeah. that at all? I, d- I did. She was she was a bit on one this week. Um, we I, I wondered if her and Maggie had switched places or something. I, it just it didn't feel right. Um, so yeah, you had Rashika with her very raw breadsticks, and she made the joke about the fact maybe the oven wasn't on. And then you had um, Christelle, who is a shame because actually I really like her signature bake, the feta and grape thing, and they loved that. It was very skinny for Katya, but um, yeah, the technical was really raw as well. But she kissed the breadstick. She was like, "Oh, it tastes lovely. I'm just kissing it better." What are you doing? Yeah, I was slightly worried for her sanity at that point. Um, Maybe she was just lost because Paul is king of bread and she doesn't really have a place on the bread. Exactly. Um, Matt Lucas, I think, said to Christelle in the signature um, when Christelle was saying, oh, Paul needs this or Paul wants that. uh, Matt did say, does Prue's opinion count for nothing? So maybe she just felt like she didn't have a lot to do this week. But I could see, I looked at her when she was doing that weird, she picked up the breadstick and sort of had it here, took it away and got it all over her nose. And then when she was saying to Paul... Paul was like, what on earth are you doing? She kind of was like staring right into his soul, like right up close. And I was thinking, 
I'm pretty sure I've talked to people like that, you know, in a disastrous club at some point. Uh, definitely mm. not now when I was like 20 and trying to be cool at university <laughs> and going to the one club and drinking a Copperberg that it looked very much like Prue had uh, enjoyed some of the brandy snaps or something from last week because smelling bread. Another funny moment from the technical challenge is uh, the innuendo that's not even innuendo anymore. It's just pure filth where Noel <laughs> and Matt were asking Paul whether he'd ever decided to kiss a bat or a muffin. I mean, why did yes. they pick these? Why didn't they just say, have you ever kissed a loaf? Or have you ever kissed a... I guess they couldn't say baguette because that's equally as bad. Um, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, there's, it's full of it, particularly in Bread Week. I, I thought that there was going to be a lot more around the um, moment where they push their fingers into the focaccia. Yeah. Um, I remember watching that and thinking, oh, here we go, waiting for it. And it didn't quite happen as much as I thought it would do. Maybe Channel 4, a little bit too near the knuckle for them. Um, but it was nice to see the innuendos back a little bit. As you said earlier on, it, there wasn't a huge amount of humour in today, or in, in this episode. It, it was... Um, it was quite tame by the standards, really, of Bake Off nowadays, which was strange. And I don't know if it's because it's this whole format in the bubble this year and they all seem a lot closer, um, you know, when they were announcing the results. Matt and Noel said, you know, we, we've got to know you guys. We're, we're seeing you guys in the bubble and in the hotel and we're hanging out and everything. So I don't know. I would have thought that would have brought more humour, but it, it just seemed a little bit flat this week. And the innuendos really were the only things where you're like, there it is. There's Bake Off. It's back. It's back. Exactly. I do agree that um, some of the humour fell flat. There was uh, a mm. few tweets coming out on Twitter about uh, Noel and Matt together. They did some really weird joke, I think, in between the technical and the showstopper about... Um, is this just a dream? Oh no, it's a nightmare type thing. Oh, but it yeah. went on for very long and it was kind of like crickets, you know, no, I'm really <laughs> laughing. Um, and there are a few things about a muffin self-isolating and um, yeah, it, it was a bit flat. And we had um, mm. obviously had uh, Noel as Where's Wally? Not unintentionally, yes. just in a jumper, but then he turned into Where's good. Wally, which was good. That, that was, was some humour. Um, I liked it. But maybe Bread Week just has that strange air about it because of Paul Hollywood and the fact that he's king of bread. People did actually look sort of terrified when he came to stand over them and question yeah. them about what they were doing. Um, so maybe that's it. But the maybe. technical the technical ended with Rashika, sadly in last place with her raw, flat, no, hasn't even gone in the oven <laughs> breadsticks. And Giuseppe came out top as well. And Jürgen did clap him. He was sat next to him, I think. And I was watching Jürgen just to see if there's any like, oh, him, he's winning. He's taking over my reign. Damn it. No, I, th I thought it was lovely. And actually, I noticed those two sit together um, all the time in the results as well and in the technical because I saw that because we've always spoken about the, the sort of undercover rivalry, which there really yeah. isn't at all. No, but we just hope there will be, you know, in the sixth <laughs> week, one of them's going to hit the other one over the back of the head with the rolling pin. It's it's going to get it's going to be Murder Island, the show afterwards. It really is. <laughs> but um, yeah, they, they they seem to be really good, actually, you know, really good connection with each other, really good yeah. friendship. Um, I also thought Lizzie did well in that one. It was great to see her say Second. So yes. she's sort of been middle of the road, and I know she's a favourite of yours, oh. and slowly becoming mine too. Um, <laughs> and Amanda too, who had two rubbish weeks, but she came third in the technical. It was just a little bit undercooked, and I thought actually it proved what we always know. It's a bit like when I was a teacher, you have children that are great at maths, and then you start teaching time, and the children that are great at maths usually absolutely crash and burn, and the children who are 
not as confident with maths usually be diplomatic um they usually find time really really easy because it's more of a, a life skill sort of thing and it's a bit like that with bread this week those that have been struggling completely it was like wow you've done really well this week yeah and then the other way around yeah that is interesting how it brings out a whole new level of skill to some of the people and actually it shows as you said that it's just not going to be Jürgen all the way to the final Let's move on to the Showstopper Challenge because this week they gave them free reign again to create a 3D bread sculpture. Uh, And we've spoken about bread sculptures numerous times before um, because we always hark back to the days of, I think it was another Paul making his lion king of the jungle lion bread which sticks in people's memories they can create some really good stuff and so this Mm. time they wanted to create a 3d themed milk bread display i hadn't heard of milk bread but i've definitely seen it online it's that sort of really soft silky japanese type bread that looks really visually pleasing like you don't want to eat it yeah, I think it is. And I think we can, you can get something in the shop called Milk Roll, which I assume is a type of milk bread as well. I'm not sure. Um, but it was interesting because after last week where we had the biscuit sculptures made out of gingerbread, apart from Amanda, yeah. um, this week they're making sort of nice um, sort of bread displays and everything, but they're making it out of milk bread, which is quite soft. I mean, we had one of them who made uh, a koala that sort of crumpled in on itself and looked like it was sort of deflated. Um, but I, I quite like this task. There were some really good sort of visual ideas. And again, it seems like one of those where it was difficult... It seemed difficult to mess up. I think milk bread's quite a basic type of bread from what yeah. I sort of gathered from the the task and I thought actually um yeah it was kind of nice in a way because we got to see everyone do quite well and it looked spectacular because it was all about the flavor and the look instead of you know the, the technical side of it exactly I think the thing that they had to watch out for is I think Christelle said it in the show that they needed to sort of exaggerate the features of their 3D Mm. scene before it was baked because the baking sort of would make it expand and we saw that with a few of the bakers they still look good and resembled what they were going to they were going to be but I think they really had to make things a bit bigger Um, Mm. so let's go through some of them Um, so we had uh, Rashika first and I think this might be where she went a bit wrong because she didn't necessarily over exaggerate the features or have something so you know quite easy just a a round thing like Freya did a turtle that that was quite easy really if you're doing some bread Um, but Rashika chose to do a really intricate birdcage design because her grandmother loves birds I mean the idea was great it was a cinnamon and nutmeg uh, milk bread and the bird was cinnamon as well and it had eggs but it, that cage really took a lot of her time up trying to actually stick it all together and make sure it worked. Maybe she should have learned from Amanda last week that trying to do something so yeah. intricately in that time pressure is just not a good idea. And it just looked completely different from everybody else. You know, everyone else was going with those big loaves that looked soft and they were glazed and they were beautiful. Whereas Rashika's almost looked like the breadsticks from the technical, yeah. but also they it looked really overbaked and dry and... I don't know. It, it, yeah, it was such a shame because it felt like, again, that somebody had missed the brief. And we've sort of had that every week. Tom missed the brief with the anti-gravity cakes. Yep. Maggie somehow scraped through after totally missing the brief last week with the um, interactive toy. And so this week, it, it almost felt that Rashika missed the brief again. And it wasn't a big loaf and a nice display. She sort of made a breadstick birdcage and a couple of little it didn't look spectacular at all bless her no I, I definitely agree I think it's missing the brief but then also 
maybe going with your idea that you want to do rather than thinking about what you're using to build it. So mm. that was the same with Amanda building the rocking horse out of sugar cookies. She didn't really think about the <laughs> substance that she was making it in because it was crumbly and whatever. It was just her personal mm. preference. Same with Maggie and her biscuit sculpture. You know, she wanted to create a beach <laughs> scene, but it wasn't a toy, you know, but yeah. she went with it anyway. And so now Rashika, she'd come up with a really cool looking birdcage, but the thing about milk bread is which we learned in the episode it is that big round soft fluffy bread you know that you you could sculpt into anything but that was too intricate yeah. and i don't think i'm trying to remember what the judges said it tasted like but i don't imagine it was that nice soft roll texture warm that you'd want it was probably just dense and, and crunchy for the bird cage um yeah they said they said it was there wasn't enough there wasn't a loaf and she had proving issues as well so because i think she proved everything together the um the the birdcage bread had been overproved because yeah. of course it was really thin and then the eggs were underproved because they hadn't had a, enough time so i mean it sort of showed that she didn't have a great understanding of bread either yeah. i suppose with the different proving times but i've got to say for her um, you know, the signature that she did at the beginning was beautiful. And it was. it was such a shame because I was really starting to get to know Rashika and people were putting on Twitter at the beginning of the episode. They were like, oh, finally, we're finding out more about Rashika. Yeah. they spoiler for later? I hmm. know, they'd actually given her some <laughs> screen time this week. You know, we said that about Jezino last week and we didn't see much of him and then he was out. Yeah. And now we've only finally been given a little glance of Rashika and what she can do and now she's out. So yeah, it is I a know. little bit unfair, really. We'd like to see them, you know, a bit more of their personality shine but i guess when you start off with 12 you've got to go to the the big personalities <laughs> first really um yeah so let's have a look at some of the other ones so uh christelle she did a fantastic one this week i really like christelle i've enjoyed uh, her bakes from the beginning especially with that first showstopper she did with the big bunches of flowers and this time mm. she did a roast dinner um it said it had maple glaze chocolate and hazelnut frangipan uh, lime curd and carrot cake inspired carrots i mean how awesome did that look? Yeah, it was brilliant. And I think that was the first one that when they were going through and introducing everyone, I was like, that's genius. Yeah. That's so clever. And she's such a great personality in the tent as well. And, you know, she didn't do well in the technical. She was in that sort of danger zone. She'd had a great signature, although it was a, an annoyingly thin, as Paul called it, um, for Katya. So she was nice in the technical. So she really needed to put it out of the bag with the showstopper. And it just looked brilliant. She also gave a, a Crackalan a go, which I just yeah. love the word Crackalan, um, <laughs> which is that thing you sort of paste on top and then it all cracks up as it bakes. And I thought, yeah, from her, that was a, a brilliant showstopper and definitely redeemed her. Definitely. And I think someone who did quite a similar thing was Lizzie this week. Um, she had honey glaze. She put condensed milk, uh, mango tea flavoured. It was a hog roast. And I like the fact that she did a pig in the centre. You know, like <laughs> the chicken is a round sort of loafy thing. The pig's round. Yeah. Um, as I said, Freya did the round turtle. So they're really making use of the milk bread, actually having like yeah. a loaf of bread, but to make it look like something. I thought Lizzie's pig looked good. It looked a bit overdone, you know, in some areas. <laughs> It kind of went to darker brown, you know, you probably yeah. wouldn't want to eat those bits, but it it looked good, you know, it, it looked, looked quite a good idea. Yeah. And it was funny with the story of Susie the pig behind the scenes as well, slipping on the ice. I don't know why. I just found that really, really funny when she was talking about the story. It's I was hilarious. Like... I know. We find out all this random stuff. What is it with people having these random pets? We've got Freya with Winnie the horse, Susie the pig yes. from Lizzie, and Prudence the dog from Lizzie. Prudence the dog, Humphrey the rabbit. Humphrey How can the rabbit. Him from week one. I know. <laughs> this year's pets are great. They're just mad. 
Um, <laughs> and then we had um, sort of a bit of a battle with the octopus. Uh, Maggie mm. did her seaweed octopus and royal icing. Interesting mix. Um, and the fact, <laughs> the thing that is Maggie's downfall is that she's playing it too safe. She's too traditional. She's sticking to her guns. And she said to Paul, yeah. oh, I don't think you will have tried this, but I'm going to do a seaweed bread or whatever and he was like yeah i've tried that i just think maggie i don't know if she's quite traditional and then she mm. really tried to go out of her comfort zone and picked seaweed and paul was like yeah i've had had that that's just normal i think yeah. it's probably just i don't know if it's an age thing or the fact that paul is very like you know celebrity Brutal. city dweller and maggie's enjoying playing badminton in devon and it just mm. hasn't uh you know those sorts of flavors of stuff she just doesn't have on a regular basis but i felt sorry for her because paul was like yeah i've had that so her attempt mm. to move away slightly from her traditional standard baking didn't really work um yeah and we also it was had, tricky we also had Although amanda it was funny. Sorry. we did i was also gonna say it's right with maggie it was funny because she came back with a beach prop as well and i just oh, had flashbacks no. of last week i was like <laughs> what is it with you and the bit would you stop with the beach scene please it's like we, we left that time. last week just stop I know, so funny. And then Amanda, she had a bright red octopus that she did too, which looked quite good um, in so the Battle good. of the Octopuses. Um, and then let's have a look. Uh, Jürgen, we've got to talk about him briefly because his kippers mm. and eggs in his focaccia, <laughs> okay, mad. What's mm. even more mad is when you have to make a 3D scene out of bread, bearing in mind you've got to eat it, and he decides to make a baby. A baby, because everyone baby. wants to eat a baby, apparently, or just as, as Paul did when chopping into the loaf, just cut the leg off. <laughs> I was like, brilliant. Well done. Yeah. Great. Weirdo. Um, I I, to be fair. Yeah. Really, really strange. I think for that one, he probably went with the brief over the, the sort of thought of it. it was like, oh, I can make a baby out of bread easily, you know. Um, but I did like the fact that he went with different flavors with the sort of yeah. uh, like bottles and stuff around. I was like, it was genius. But it was a very strange one. I don't know how I would have felt like having that presented in front of me and been like, right, you, you can eat this. Yeah, got to cut into that oh. now. Yeah, Great. a bit weird. I just think he's an excellent baker, but, but you know, in these the, this mm. week, really, I feel like maybe he panicked because it was bread and he knew that wasn't a strong point. So <laughs> then came up with some really odd ideas. But it did yeah. pave the way for Giuseppe, who did his fruits and vegetables, orange and cinnamon, honey and orange liqueur glaze in his bake for the showstopper. And I mean, come on, Giuseppe <laughs> is star baker this week and we can see why. Yeah, it was brilliant. And again, I, I love the the idea of it. He kept it quite simple. He was like, okay, well, I'm going to sculpture it on fruits and vegetables. It was really well themed, great flavours. And what was great as well, as you say, was the, the flavours. He managed to get the orange come through, which Paul and Prue said is a really hard thing to do with bread. Um, so yeah, it, it was so well deserved this week. And it... I mean, we both sort of said at the end of the first week that it was very close between the yeah. two of them. I don't think it was as close in week two, but I really, really wanted Giuseppe to get a style baker. So I'm really glad that he's got one now. Um, he's got to be there towards the end, surely. I think so. I think he's doing surely. really well. I did because we'd sort of both said, oh, I'd quite like him to get to the final in that first week. I feel like we've been waiting for him, even though it's only been three weeks <laughs> to get a style baker. Come I've on. been there like, is it Giuseppe's time now? And finally it was, thankfully. Something I'm also quite pleased about is we've seen uh, one of the contestants, George, slightly redeem himself a little bit with his koala yeah. uh, bread display in the showstopper this week. I was pleased because he was having a few sort of 
issues in the first two weeks and he seemed quite nervous to be there. So I'm pleased George is sort of coming out of his shell <laughs> a little bit more. Um, but yeah. I, was, I was sad, as you say, uh, Rashika is the one that left this week. And I was sad because we'd only mm. just started seeing her personality. Yeah, I suppose we sort of get to the point after the first episode, um, and we spoke about this on, on our first episode, this series, of the fact that you do get to know all the bakers so that you do feel a little bit sorry for that person who goes first. And we did for Tom, um, mainly because we wanted to know more about the model shop. But absolutely for week three, when it comes to Rashika, I think this is the point where you actually start to really feel for them. And I thought that even though we didn't know Rashika that well, and we hadn't um yeah come to find out a huge amount about her you know we haven't got the vts as much for this week trying to introduce the sort of backstory to them um it was really quite sad to see her go and i think she could have given a lot more she wasn't spectacular in the two weeks before she was quite middle of the road um but yeah i was quite gutted for her when she went and she cried as well i'm always a sucker for that on a tv show you could tell that it meant a lot to her and it was like no i know she was having the most fun but then sadly you know, her birdcage showstopper and the fact that she was last with a, did these even go in the oven, shibata breadsticks. Mm. I mean, I guess it was her time to go. But yeah, you're right. I was sad yeah. about it because we do, we do want to find out more about them. Um, they should just have a few weeks where they're just all baking and having fun. And then they start eliminating them a bit later yeah. on. Like I'm a celeb. So we actually get to know who they are and what they are all about. Exactly. Exactly. It would be nice to get that and get maybe the first three weeks of bread, cake and biscuits out of the way and then we can start getting rid of them. Yes, we should tweet mm. in about that because I think that's a good idea. Um, <laughs> so next first. week we've got coming up dessert week. I think that's going to be a good yes. one. It's always you always get a bit of a mess in dessert week. Yes. Well, we go back to uh, Baked Alaska Gate, don't we? The ice cream thing with Diana and Ian. Ian. Yeah. Back in the day with Bingate. Oh, yeah. What's going to happen this year? I know. So I'm looking forward to that one. Um, thank you so much, JP, for joining me uh, on In The Mix for Bread Week. It has been a good one. Lots to talk about. And I'm looking forward to Dessert Week coming up next week, too. Bring it on. <laughs> <laughs>